normally society likes, oh, you raised $10 million and you sold your company and you're like a unicorn founder or you won all these awards, you're a 30, Forbes 30 under 30 or whatever all those accolades are. That's typically what people like to share. That's typically what makes it on a magazine cover and what gets news headlines. We're definitely kind of shining a spotlight on the opposite of all of that. Yeah, so I know this is technically our intro episode, but it's kind of fun just to like chat. I feel like it's like different now from like episode one to now we like know each other so much better. So it's like before we record, we always just do like a little catch up, but... How's it going? Good. Yeah. So I was just telling Shamsia before I hit record, like I moved and obviously all the headaches that come with moving are just still a pain for me because <laughs> it was like over the holidays and I was gone for the holidays. So I feel like we're really behind, we, like lost a week of like unpacking, but yeah, we're getting there. It's just like New York apartment, you know, it's like hard to get stuff. Like I was telling Shamsia too, like our, the table we ordered didn't fit in the elevator. It was just too long, I guess. And the guys were like, oh, we can't bring it up the stairs because we're on the third floor. So we had to return it. Now we don't, we haven't had a kitchen table for like a month, basically. <laughs> so we were like eating <laughs> on a cardboard box for a while because we had so many boxes. So we just like flipped over the box. I'm like, we'll just sit on the ground and eat on this cardboard yeah. box. Like whatever. We don't, you know. Why not? Why not? We're, we're, we're easy going people. So yeah. Take some pictures. Yeah, I should have, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, no, you should see my surroundings. You can't see it because I like everything is off camera, but yeah, it's a disaster. So, and that's why we do failure decoded, right? Yeah. <laughs> what an irony. I know. We're going to try and help you overcome at least one thing, and that's uh, your fear of failure and how to overcome it. So, that is our ethos here at Failure Decoded. We wanted to kind of re record an intro episode. I didn't even have the heart to listen to the first one because I was too embarrassed. Although most founders say... I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, listening to yourself talk. And like, I edit a lot of the episodes. I already have to listen to myself talk once. I'm like, I can't do it again. One time is enough. Um, And yeah, I just feel like we've improved so much, right? Because now we've we've recorded like over... We've launched over 20 episodes. We've recorded even more. Because yeah, sometimes we record them and we're like, oh, I don't know. Like, that doesn't really work. But uh, yeah, we wanted to do Mm. a new intro episode just to introduce ourselves, you know, kind of like reevaluate, I think what our original or initial thought was. I don't know. Like, where do you want to start with this? Um, has your introduction changed? I would like to know that Rachel. Well, I feel like originally when we came up with this idea back in like, when did we start this? Like July of last year of 2022, August, August, August. Yeah. That's when we officially launched in August of 2022. I think we had kind of said, obviously we would, we would, um, interview founders. That's still a huge part of what we do. And specifically try and find founders who are open to talking about failure and provide tactical tips for how they've overcome that failure. Because it's one thing just to share the story and it makes for a good story, but it's like, okay, like how does the next person coming up not make those mistakes? Or if they do make those mistakes, how do you help them get over it and keep going and keep pushing? Uh, Because a lot of people, when they hit a wall or hit a failure, they tend to quit and they're too you know, either embarrassed or nervous to start again. So that is definitely a big part of it. Uh, but we definitely talked about some other stuff too. Like, what, what do you think? What do you remember, I guess, from our original initial brainstorm? I think, um, first of all, this was completely your idea. So, you know, you kind of came with solid um, points and you understood the concept. For me, it was more like trying to understand how we can, you know, uh, document this. How can we document these stories and how how can you uh, make it, as you said, you know, tactical, but also definitely uh, 
bring it, make it more tangible for people to read and understand uh, the steps that they could follow, maybe like a point to point or a step by step guide for, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs in different or similar sectors uh, to follow. But then after in talking to so many people and us, uh, you know, recording solo episodes, I I feel that we've changed the the scope of our and um, of us handling this topic failure decoded has evolved so much even our understanding and the more people we talk to the different perspectives that they bring to it you know every person deals with failure so differently every industry has such a different uh, understanding of failure uh, I feel like it has just completely changed my mindset about why we should be talking about this uh, and why is not this such a normal topic to be talked about and why are not people talking about this more often why why has it been like such taboo to talk about it why is there no coverage about failure it is so important and all the entrepreneurs that we've spoken to they have emphasized um and talked about it openly that we want more information about failure out there we want to know more about it we want to help people so it's coming from there you know maybe because they've probably felt lost at some point and now they just want to give back. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's one thing we've learned too, is that every single person has essentially said that failure is inevitable. It will happen. So there's no point in trying to be perfect about it because you're going to fail at some point. So I think that's just step one is just understanding that it is just part of the natural process. So I think for us too, is we want to destigmatize failure because it really does just have such a negative connotation, like especially in Society in general, it's like people don't do things that they want to do just because they're worried about failing and they're worried that other people are going to think they're a failure. So it's just like mm. so sad that mm. Mm. so many people don't really follow their goals or their dreams because because of this fear that just really it's like, okay, so what? It's just, it's just you, you, I think, call it a process. What do you call failure? It's just a process. It's a process. It's not an event, but we tend to see it as an event. Oh, da da da! Something failed. Big thing. Yeah. So many dollars lost. But it's not like that, right? Yeah. No. I, that's what I'm saying. Is it, like everyone just has like such a different way of looking at it, and that's why we want to share those stories because we even had guests on where they're like, "Yeah, I, like I guess it's a failure, but it's not really a failure because I learned X, Y, Z, and I this new opportunity presented itself, and another door opened." And it's like that's the thing I think people need to understand is that in the moment it feels catastrophic. It feels huge. It feels like you're never going to recover. But then if you have like the like fortitude to like get, pick yourself up and keep going, a lot of times that failure is almost a catalyst for like something better because you are Hmm. just so driven to change your situation Hmm. or overcome it. And then you end up doing like amazing things. So that's, I think what, uh, what is awesome about uh, talking to all these people who've gone through this and they're willing to share that. Absolutely. And I, uh, if you remember Tarek Haddad, he mentioned, you have to talk about failure because you think when you fail, your problems are unique, but they're not. Yeah, totally. And that was so powerful if you just think of it. Right? Yeah. And somehow when you're in that failure mode, you are like, oh my God, as you said, catastrophic. You know, it's like huge, but it's not. And I feel now you and I have been able to remove ourselves and see things very objectively. What do you think? Has that happened to you? Yeah, I think it's definitely helping. But one thing I like even wrote in my notes for this, because I was like, as I was preparing, I was like, yeah, I'm still scared to fail. <laughs> I'm still scared of rejection. Like we're learning alongside everyone else, right? Because it doesn't, I don't think it ever really goes away. I think you just learn 
the skills or like the, the practical knowledge you need to overcome something. Like I obviously like, I think everyone has an element of fear of failure, even like the most successful people, like it's still there a little bit. I just think some people are a little bit better at taking a leap of faith. Hmm. Where do you think that comes from? I don't know. Like I, I bet you some of it is innate. Like some of it is just personality, but I think another part of it is the more you expose yourself to it, the more you realize that it's not a big deal and that there are ways to overcome it. I think you got to hmm. just keep moving forward. I agree. I also think people who are scared to fail are people who've never experienced it. Okay. And also, and with, with experience, it means that they're not really putting in what they should be doing. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of ability and potential to be doing so much, but they've not been doing it. It's kind of just holding them back. But people who fail, somehow they've mastered the skill of overcoming that. And they might fail like 10 times, but the duration uh, kind of shortens. And the duration of them picking themselves up and building back kind of shortens. And I think some guests on the show told us that. The more you fail, eventually you become like so attuned to handling that situation, it would just not seem like failure anymore. Yeah. That's what I love is I love when people say that they're like, yeah, like it does just not really a failure anymore. I don't view it as a failure. I view it as like a learning opportunity or, you know, a a way to like pivot and try something new. And I'm like, that's the mindset that people need to get. So I think that's like one goal for us this year is how can we communicate how to like achieve that mindset? Because I think that'd be super helpful. And I want to achieve it for myself too, because as I say, like definitely like I don't like failure. I don't like rejection. I'm sure you don't either. Like even there's certain guests that we want to ask and we're like, Ooh, like we're a little nervous or whatever. Like maybe we don't want to ask them because like, yeah, of course we're just human too. I think rejection is okay for me, but failure is, is bad because, uh, it's probably the way I was brought up, you know, like I asked you this question where it comes from. Maybe it's because, uh, we were like uh, in my household, it was like, Oh, you have to score this. You have to be the you know, you have to get the first rank, you have to achieve this. It's it's constantly like that. So you, you're just scared. It's like a mindset. Maybe if you can change that and talk to more people, be in a more, um, in a more synergistic environment, that could help. I feel that. Do you feel that way too? Yeah. I mean, I think that's interesting. And I also think it's interesting that you don't view rejection as failure because I would, you mm. know what I mean? So that's what's mm. so funny about it. It's just like such a subjective thing. <laughs> So it's just, yeah, I don't know. But yes, I do agree that there's a lot of pressure on people and even like young people too, like coming up through school to get certain grades and be in certain clubs and get into certain universities. And yeah, like I think it it starts young, that pressure to succeed and be the best and whatever. And yeah, I agree. Like I'm sure a lot of that stigmatization comes from that. Yeah, success is good. Uh, but I think uh, the f- that instilling the fear of failure in kids at a very young age is really bad. I think parents yeah. have to sit and reevaluate that part. You know, yes, being successful is good. Striving for excellence is good. But um, uh, trying to be perfect or, you know, trying to just like always keep doing the same thing over and over again and trying to get the same results, I feel that's quite insane. Yeah. But it happens. Yeah. I think that's the root cause of everything that happens. Totally. Is that who said that? Is it Albert Einstein or someone who said that? Like it's like insanity is like trying <laughs> something said that. Yeah, a thousand times the same way and expecting a different result. I'm like, yeah, that is very true. All the, yeah. Crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And also the other thing I've noticed with Failure Decoded, the podcast, is 
when people come here, these entrepreneurs, successful entrepreneurs, and they talk about the failure, they feel almost like they are get it's almost like an outlet for them to talk about it. And they feel empowered talking about it. And hearing their stories, I feel empowered. Mm-hmm. And it's um it's only now when I think of it and reflect, it only makes sense because you have had that journey as an entrepreneur, you've failed and you're here talking about it. It's giving them Yes, making them feel very happy that they're able to talk about it, but it's also very cathartic yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Did you feel that? I totally agree. And it's interesting, like by the time people warm up, because I always find like do with interviews, it's like we don't necessarily know these people very well. So there's a bit of like a, everyone's like feeling each other out, you know, getting a sense of whatever. So we don't usually like dive into the failure right away. It's like we ask them a few, you know, preliminary intro questions. But yeah, once they get into the failure, I find like, or at least I've noticed people typically get kind of, I don't know, like passionate or like fired up or whatever. And then I feel it too, right? There's a certain energy that it gives off from them that, that, that like we then absorb. And it feels great after, like when I hang up after this, these recordings, it's always like, oh yes, like I'm just going to go out there, do my thing, like whatever. I'm not scared of failure. Like yeah. I can do this. So yeah, the more you, you listen to people tell the stories, the more <laughs> it helps build you up um, and give you that confidence. Like I've definitely noticed that for myself too. Yes. And I think that's one of the objectives. I think something that we didn't cover in the first episode, uh, it's, I mean, I would say it's an added objective, but it's always been there, which we hadn't understood, is talking about failure and also listening to these stories is very empowering as an aspiring entrepreneur or as a successful entrepreneur. And people who have come on the show and talked about it so openly and bravely are very courageous people for sure. And they are, uh, I, I mean, it's just hats off to them. Yeah. Completely. I totally agree. It really is like, it's really generous of them to like take the time to do that because I, I totally agree. Normally society likes, oh, you raised $10 million and you sold your company and whatever, you're like a unicorn founder or whatever. You've won all these awards. You're a 30, Forbes 30 under 30 or whatever all those accolades are. That's typically what people like to share. That's typically what makes it on a magazine cover and what gets, you know, news headlines. We're definitely kind of shining a spotlight on the opposite of all of that. So yeah, the fact that like our guests are willing to come on um, and share those stories has definitely been awesome. And it's been great to see, like, I feel like we've gotten great guests and it almost like hasn't even been that difficult almost. I thought there'd maybe be a bit more resistance, but there's a lot of people who are excited to share their story, which is very refreshing. Yeah, that's what I mean, you know, because the success is always documented, but failures are not. But a person feels the most powerful when he fails. It's that when, because what's there more to lose? You know, you've lost like literally everything. Now you have to just get everything up and build. And once you've done that, maybe you've crossed that first step, you just feel so powerful. I think, and nobody gives them a chance to talk about it. And this is a platform for people to come and talk to talk about it and also for other people to listen to. And it's such a normal thing. Oh yeah, they did it. Okay, I can do it. Okay, this can happen in this. Uh, okay, if it's a health tech company, okay, this these are the obstacles that probably I'd have to face. So, okay, well, how did this person navigate that? Oh, okay, you know, you can preempt it. Yeah. And you can decide, you know, if this is a path you want to take. Our founders who've been on this show have laid down very solid uh, points for people to listen to and follow. In different sector, we've had people from health tech, we ed tech, we've had people 
from, you know, interior design background and, you know, fashion background, oh, like every other background. Yeah. We have subject matter experts coming in. We have VCs coming in. You know, it's like, it's been like a whole beautiful beautiful array of founders. So I feel like we've learned so much and our audience also is going to get so much when they just listen to these episodes. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think one thing that I really took away from it, from one of the episodes is that success and the feeling of it is very fleeting. I think people think like they're chasing something and once I get there, I'm going to be so happy and I'm going to feel like I made it. It's like, no, like once you get there, that feeling evaporates and then it's like, okay, well, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. So I think it's just important to understand that, you know, it's like figure out what you're chasing and why you're chasing it, you know, and and getting kind of the root cause of like your why, because that's another thing that founders talk about. It's like, you need to have like a really like strong why to help you overcome those failures. If you're not really motivated by the problem you're solving or the people you're trying to help and you hit a failure, yeah, you're probably Hmm. not likely to want to get back up after that. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember like uh, just taking your thought, uh, your point forward, like success is fleeting. I I also have to add that, yes, it's fleeting, but we've heard these stories about these from these entrepreneurs and they say that just raising so much money is not what they aspired to do. And it was not something that they had thought of before they started the company. Some of them have like had to go back and introspect as to how would I be happy as a founder? So they've had to find like eco-conscious models and being more sustainable or, you know, being more people focused. So they had to like remodel their entire business just to be able to be happy doing that, you know, like with your friend, um, the founder of Menda Health, he, you know, he kind of like reiterated that point so many times. I'm like, yes, that makes perfect sense. Like, just chasing money after money is not going to make you happy yeah. as a founder. You need to find something deeper, yeah. you know, and I'm sure, um, I mean, you don't have to go that entire three or four years of being a startup founder to figure that out. You can listen to Arun's episode and you can understand, like I, I, I pretty much like resonated instantly. Oh yes. If I want to start a company, I definitely want it to be a more sustainable, eco-conscious, more mindful as a company. You know, I just don't want to be raising a million dollars every year. And then is that going to make me happy? I started questioning that, yeah. you know? Yeah, totally. And there's a lot of pressure that comes with raising money too, right? That it's like the, the investors want to make their money back. So as soon as you accept money from them, it's like grow, grow, grow at all costs. Like everything goes into growth. And it's like, you're right. Maybe you want to do it a bit more slowly and listen to your customers a little more, make it a little more customer focused, really stick to your values, not have that pressure from investors to achieve a certain outcome in a certain amount of years. So I totally agree. Like, I think that could be a whole episode on its own. And maybe we should have maybe some VCs on and see what their thoughts are on that. I, uh, from all of this information and all the reading and studying and, you know, all the training that we've been going through, um, I don't think startups should try to, you know, lure in VCs so soon. I think they should be at least like three to four startup old to understand if their project is, you know, worthy of getting these big headaches into your project, you know, and you should have a strong team to help you manage that. Otherwise, there's no point. You can't just do it just single-handedly, even if you have a team, but you need a strong team. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's definitely certain businesses. I'd say a lot of businesses could do it that way. I know it's like, it's hard to say, right? Because there's some businesses, for example, if you you're trying to build a rocket or something, it's okay, well, how do I build a rocket with no money? Mm. It's like, well, yeah, that's like pretty challenging. But yeah, if you have 
you know, another business that you can see bootstrapping and at least getting like early customers and getting a lot of feedback and iterating based on that feedback, you can probably go pretty far on your own with hmm. a strong, small team. Like you, I think, I think people underestimate that sometimes like the power of a small team who are all hmm. really passionate about serve, or solving a problem. Yeah. You don't need a huge, um, um, you know, you don't need a big, large team. You need a very strong and very focused team. A, di- a little diverse, but definitely with the same mission. Yes. And goal in mind. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what business you end up starting, Shamsi. I feel like it's going to be really great because I know you're in that program now. Plus, you you obviously yeah. have like a, um, not like a vision statement, but maybe more of like a vision in mind for how you want it to be with like the sustainability angle and making sure that it's like people first, which which is really great. Yeah, I know. And guess what? You know, I, I kind of got my schedule and the first um, class is about goal setting. And I was like, Rachel, <laughs> this is your topic. You should be teaching this. <laughs> yeah. So I have like two hours of goal setting, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's great, though. It is good to like put goals down on paper. And yeah, if you do it in the right way and you do it the smart goal style where you actually break down into manageable chunks, have a timeline for it, understand, like break it down, reverse engineer the problem. You're right. I could talk about this forever, so I won't dive into it, but... But yeah, that'll be really great that, they, that they're starting with that because that's a big one. You know, it's you just got to understand, like, what am I trying to achieve here? If you don't know what you're trying to achieve ultimately, like, how the heck are you going to get there? So I think that's another good piece of advice yes. for founders, too, is just sit down, be very real with yourself. What do you want? How are you going to achieve it? Break it down into little steps. And then I think if any failures come along the way and you're very clear on where you want to go, you will. I promise you, you'll find a way around it. Yeah, absolutely. It's really not that lost a case, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> you, you can definitely stand up and build yourself back. It's not oh, it's not like you can't do, not at all. Yeah. You've already put in so much effort to start and to raise money, to build a team. I'm sure you can pick yourself up for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> right? I totally agree. Okay, so I'm pretty excited for this year. I think it's going to be great. I think we're going to have, we're going to talk to a lot of really interesting people. We're going to keep decoding failure, keep destigmatizing it, keep sharing those, you know, gold nuggets of how people have overcome similar failures that you as a founder will probably overcome or probably run into at some point, because as Shamsi was saying, like, you know, your problems really are not unique. It's like, I'm sorry to tell you this. Your problems are not unique. (laughs) Many, many people probably... Hundreds of thousands, millions of people before you have dealt with this. So trust me, there's someone out there that can help you through this. And we hope to be even just like a little bit of that help Mm. for you. If we can have on those guests, I can share those gold nuggets. So that's Failure Decoded. Yeah. We'll see you at the next episode. (laughs) 